Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. Well, hi, um, I'm Buck Mook. I'm a retired Ford designer and I like Mustangs. And I got a chance to work on a few. The way I got into the field was I was born during World War II and my family was in the machine tool business. And we had probably two dozen cars in our car fleet. And from the time I was a little kid, I always went with my dad when he would turn the fleet over every year, like at least seven or eight of the cars. And I just loved to go to the dealerships. And at one point, we were at the Plymouth DeSoto dealership in Plainfield, New Jersey. And my dad walked me over to a Lincoln Continental from 4041. It was in the back of the dealership for sale. And my dad explained to me how this was a very important car and how, you know, it was one of the best looking cars at, at the time back in the 40s. And I kind of had a, I really realized how nice the car was next to all the other cars around. And it kind of got my juices going as a little kid of about five years old. And I, like every kid, I sketched cars and, you know, my, my books in school and that type of thing. At age 11, I was cranking the car and broke my arm, but I still had a passion for Fords. And we had a Ford dealership in the hometown. And we always, from about 1910, 1911, we always had a fleet of Ford products, along with some Chrysler and GM cars. And I thought Ford was the greatest company in the world. My parents had me sell Fuller Brush one summer, and I realized I didn't want to go into the family business of machine tool sale, although there were still two Ford dealerships in our, our family. Uh, I wanted to get into the design aspect of it. Well. My first year in college, I just took liberal arts out in Illinois, but I transferred out to Art Center because I really wanted to be a car designer. That was my passion. I didn't care what I made. I just, you know, I just wanted to be an artist in the design field. Probably my junior year, I got asked to do a couple movie cars, one being the, um, the car for the Green Horde series for TV. It was a, an imperial like transferred into a, a show vehicle. And we actually built two of them for the TV series. And then I was asked to do a car for the Monkey series. It was a new TV program was coming out in 66 or 67. And I did that vehicle to graduate in 67 from Art Center. And I remember they didn't want me to put either one of those vehicles in my portfolio when I was interviewing with GM and Ford. Well, I thought maybe it might be kind of an important thing because Ford was getting involved with Barris doing a few vehicles. And here I'd been working with Gene, Dean Jeffries on these other vehicles. So I put them in. And I, my interview with GM went fantastic. And when it came time for my Ford interview, it didn't seem like it went all that well. They kind of liked some of the stuff I did for the TV stuff. They were impressed by one of my futuristic cars I did and all that. So I landed the job at Ford. Well, I got asked at GM2 to come out here to work for them, but I really wanted to work for Ford. At Ford, I was put in the pre-production studio and I 
worked on basically an all-new Thunderbird for 1970. I was saving up to actually buy a Corvette because the new Corvette was coming out in 68. It was one of the only cars we could kind of get away with from Brand X. And I really wanted one because we'd gotten our first Corvette back in 69. And my dad and I, we liked Corvettes. Well, I worked as much overtime as I possibly could. And I'd go around about 3.30 in the afternoon asking the other studios if they needed anybody to work for them. Would go upstairs to the main Ford studio. And I got a chance to work a little bit on the 1969 Mustang. And the notchback was having a lot of problems with the rear window backlight. They couldn't seal it right. And I did a bunch of proposals for that. Worked on taillights and grills and that kind of thing. So that was my first job kind of working on a Mustang. And my second job at Ford working on a Mustang, well, I got drafted, Vietnam and all that kind of stuff. When I came back, I worked for a while in the um, Mustang interior studio. They were still working out some problems on the 71 Mustang. So I got to work on interiors a little bit, worked on the instrument panel, which is laying around here, came up in this area and they had me work it out so it would actually come down because it, it kind of got in the way as people were driving and everything. Well, they never actually did it, but my floor mat came out in the 71. We changed the texture because women's high heels were getting caught on the floor mat. So I did get that in production, I guess, and worked on some seating on that particular car. Um, they were really getting into plaid interiors and that type of thing. So that was one of the things I did way back when. I worked on, I guess my Ford career, probably I figured out 47 different programs, one of which was the Mustang II. But prior to the Mustang II, we were still working with a full-size 71, two and three. We were doing a major facelift or an all new sheet metal, but on that same package. Well, the Celica was coming on strong. And Iacocca thought, maybe it's time to go back to the original uh, car, you know, really scale it back and everything. And they, we kind of got the go-ahead to forget about the car we were doing. And I think they went through at least 100 different models and uh, variations of the Mustang. And keeping it almost mid-size car size. Well... Iacocca didn't like anything that was going on and wanted to scale down. So he didn't want anybody over 30 to work on the program. They wanted to like a bunch of us young kids to kind of get involved. And there was a contest, and I think we had like three weeks or something to come up with a bunch of sketches. And they kind of liked that sketch of mine, which kind of started the, the process going. And eventually put scoops in it and still had like a hidden headlights. Well, did um, tape drawings and all that type of thing. And I kind of won the contest. So we actually put the clay of the Mustang II tape drawing, which uh, still exists and I have it around here somewhere. The modelers took all their, uh, their points off this this tape drawing to start the very first clay model. And as you can see, it had quite a dip to the uh, greenhouse. 
and it, it did have the scoop and everything in the side, and it was a very fluent design. Once the, um, the modelers got the tape drawing, they started modeling. And I just want to name some of the other people that were in the studio. Al Mueller was the uh, director of Lincoln Mercury, where we were doing the car. And under him was um, John Middlestead. He was the executive. My boss was Fritz Mayhew, uh, who was a hell of a designer himself. He did some fantastic renderings. And some of the other guys were Dennis Jamie Field, uh, Dan Rehard, Brian Stogler, Jim Paxton, uh, Dick Nesbitt, and myself. And as far as the modeling goes, it was headed up by Rod Layton and a whole crew of modelers. But uh, one of the ones I want to really mention was Jim Biondo, because he personally really took it on himself to really get the sculpture of the body side of the Mustang too right. Because it was kind of a really complicated body side for the time. Because a lot of the cars, at least coming out of Ford, were very, very rigid and not really flowing, except for maybe cars like the 72 Ford Torino had a lot of nice sculpture and everything in it. And Capolongo was the actual um, product planner on the whole thing. And Hale Spurlick, he was ahead of all product planning at the time. And there was a really talented group of modelers. But I just really wanted to, you know, mention um, Jim Biondo. We dye-knocked the vehicle in kind of a bronzy color. Did really well with top management and everything. However, my peers did not like it at all. We were all real Mustang-type people. And we are driving... Like I was driving a Boss 302 at the time, and I also had a 71 Mustang convertible with a 302 in it. And, you know, the new Mustang 2 was only going to be offered a four-cylinder and a six-cylinder, and it had this really short wheelbase with a lot of overhang, and it wasn't quite the car we, we really wanted, but the Celica-type people really wanted that type of car. Well, once the car came out, the Mexicans... They actually put a V8 in, squeezed a V8 in, into the car right away in 74. And later on, in 75, we came out with a V8. We raised the hood a little bit and raised the grill, gave it a little more cooling. It appealed a little more to us, but everybody was detuning their engines and everything back in the 70s. Well, the embargo, fuel embargo came on. Uh, that was 75. 576 and we sold over a million of these mustang twos it was the second best-selling car mustang of all time we surveyed the car there are four cars that went down to southern california we did two surveys down there the fastbacks did really well well don Della rosa who was ahead of the Ghia area they had one that was actually done prior to us getting involved with the the Mustang too. It was a very horizontal looking car. It was okay. It, it mimicked the first car, but to us, it wasn't quite as good. And that was a car that kind of started the whole thing. Iacocca wanted us younger guys to get involved. And all the fastbacks were a lot more fluent in design. Well, they took the models a few weeks later, maybe it was a month later, up to San Francisco. And 
the Don Del Rosa car won the survey, the very stiff one with a was a three box instead of a fastback. And product planning, I think they got real scared and they decided, gosh, you know, Mustang always had three models, convertible, a fastback and a notchback. And here they want to just go down to one model of fastback. They thought maybe we better do a notchback. And they liked the way that one surveyed. Well, there was no way to do two completely different cars. So we had to adopt the really severe upper from that notchback that Delarosa's group did and put it on our Lincoln Mercury car. Well, we did one that was a little faster to begin with. Well, they wanted really severe notchback. It was kind of like the idea of a, a Thunderbird was kind of fast on the bottom with a very formal roof. So we had to do that to our vehicle as well. In the end, it was a little lighter than the three-door because of the architecture of a three-door. It was lighter and it could be sold for a little less money. It sold very well. In fact, I actually went out and bought one this year. I'm not that big a fan of it, but it did the job. You know, we were there to, to sell vehicles. As a designer, you always want it to go a little more. And when cars get into feasibility, they, sometimes they lost a little bit. I think the, the three-door came out just the way we basically intended it. The front fenders got puffed up a little bit and the wheel openings got closed down a little bit. But still basically the same car we, we originally did. But you just have to realize when they do go into feasibility, you do lose a little bit. In fact, um, the... <laughs> During the feasibility thing, one of the engineers said we couldn't stamp the rear quarters. So myself and one of the other guys, we borrowed a truck from Ford and we went to a junkyard and we got a panel cut off a 1950, I mean 63, 64 Chevrolet Impala, which had a lot of sculpture in it. And we got the the panel out of the junkyard. We brought it into the design center. We got the engineer over and said, look, that the same kind of drafting and everything, that panel, you know, they could stamp that, we can stamp it. And they finally agreed and we got the rear quarters stamped on the, on the Mustang too. But you had to do stuff like that. You, as a designer, you had to outthink some of the engineers, you know, to get, get some of the stuff done. We had the project, I'm going to say five months, before we had it handed it over to the Ford studio, and they did the final work. And then over the life of the car, it was re redone, or not redone, but they did variations of it, you know, the King Cobra, the Cobra, and all that type of thing. But that was all done in the Ford studio. Long after we did the car, I moved on to do other other projects and everything. Like I said, I worked on 47 different programs during my 30 years at Ford between Australia, England, Germany, and I moved bodily over to Japan twice on different projects. Now in my 30 years, I spent 20 years in Dearborn and 10 years overseas and working on a lot of great cars with a lot of great people at Ford. Some of the other car programs I worked on, the sporty cars were the Ford Probe. And at one point when we were doing the Ford Probe, it was going to be the new Mustang. And we got so many hate letters and everything, they decided to keep the Fox-based Mustang that Jack Telnick had done. 
And I think it ran for like 16 years. I had a number of them myself, probably one of the most popular Mustangs of all time, at least with the younger kids, because they could actually get in there and work on the engines and lots of variations on the car. And I even got a chance to work on that program, some of the facelifts and everything over the years. I also did a, um, a tape drawing of a two-passenger Mustang II, which did not go very far. We felt in the studio we just had to, you know, play it up a little bit. And one of the other studios, I think it was one of the advanced studios, actually did a two-passenger Mustang II, an open one with a target top. And I don't know what ever happened to the model. It was a running, running prototype, but by then I was working on a lot of other projects. Um, this was actually the crit sheet. Every day we'd assign the modelers to do a little something else on the model. And I came up with the script sheet and we'd run copies of it and everything. And, but this is the original one of the notchback and the fastback. Now that I'm retired, I joined a group of uh, guys from GM, Ford and Chrysler. And we do a design, uh, not a competition, but we just do it for the fun of it. We do a design a vehicle for one of the car companies uh, on our own that might not be in production or was went out of production maybe back in the 30s or whatever, or an up-to-date version of, like, say, a Corvair or a Mustang. And when we had the Ford project, a lot of guys did, like, Continentals or town cars. or And I decided I'll do a Mustang too. what it might look like with some of the same type feeling and everything. And that's a Mustang too that I... I came up with, well, it was shown at the, uh, the Eyes, and then went over to the Automotive Hall of Fame. It was shown there. I think it might have been in a couple of magazines or whatever. And it's been shown in a lot of different uh, local, local shows and everything with the other guys I work with. But we've done Ferraris. We've done stuff for Cadillac, for the Cadillac Museum and stuff. Anyhow, that's about where I am now. And... I also do a lot of fine arts that you can see around here. And one of the things I like to do is just work with a palette knife instead of just doing real technical type drawings like we used to have to do at Ford. I just wanted to kind of get away from that a little bit. So anyhow, that's what I'm doing in retirement and collecting cars and antique boats. My collection is, I have about uh, 27 cars, I think, right now in my collection. It goes, I have cars from every decade, from 1900 to an up-to-date, you know, new Mustang. And I've always had a Mustang, it seems. And I have three of them right now in the collection. And also, I collect antique boats. I think our family has about 30 antique boats right now in the collection. Or maybe 27. We gave three boats to a museum back in New Jersey. And they go from every, everything from canoes to ice boats to crisscrafts and other kinds of inboard boats. So let's go and take a look at the collection. Back in the day, when I was doing, uh, working with the team doing the Mustang II, uh, the car under the snow pile right here was my 71 Mustang, which I still have. And what year are we now? 2017. I still have that same car. And, and I'm driving a 50th anniversary Mustang GT convertible uh, as my daily driver, along with my F-150, of course. Uh, and right now we're moving into the garage and show you my latest 
Ah, uh, addition to the collection. Uh, I've been doing a few speaking engagements with the Mustang Club recently, and everybody asked me, what Mustang II did I ever have? And I always feel bad because I never had one. Well, this year, I started looking around for a, a fastback. Well, everyone I looked at really had some problems. So at Hershey this year, I found this Mustang II Gia Notchback. And it happens to be a V8 with only 34,000 original miles on it. It's a brand new car. And I just got it shipped out here two weeks ago, right before the snow started. So anyhow, I can now say I have a Mustang too. And I still want to get a fastback, and one of these days I'm going to have one. I am going to keep exactly the way it is because it's real 70s. White vinyl roof, white wall tires, hubcaps. Um, green was a really big color back then, that and browns. And you hardly see those colors right now. Here we have one of my favorite cars. It's my 1928 Marmon race car. Uh, it's a big straight eight with a, the boat tail back end and everything. And let me open up the hood. And this car has been different Concorde d'Elegances than they usually wanted, all nice and dirty the way it is, because this is the way they actually raced them and everything. And the car just gets amazing. And I have two of them. This one's a 28 and my other one's a 27. And they're just scarier in hell when you're driving them with the open wheels and everything. But I, I do a lot of paintings of um, early 20s race cars and everything. And this fits right in with my, my art and everything. So I'm just so, so lucky to have it. This particular car right here was Henry Ford II's personal, personal car. Um, it's French body. It was done uh, by Facel back in 1954. It was brought into the Ford Design Center. Originally, they were called Money, uh, Ford Monte Carlos. And it was the most expensive car Ford was building back in those days. Well, this one was done especially for Henry Ford. It's got special bumpers on it. Um, let's see, they deleted the, the chrome off the side of the car. The, the roof itself has 13 pieces where hand stamped out and everything. And I'm the fourth owner of the car. Henry Ford had it, and then Gil Trewick, Paul Wong, and myself. Everyone had, was involved with Ford Motor Company with the design and everything. And a number of years ago for the Ford anniversary, 100th anniversary, I wanted to get this car done for that. Well, we started the work on the car. McLaren started the work. And Bob Angelone did the final work. We had to cut the car in half. We lower 18 inches are all new. And I've got as much invested in the car as my house costs, right, at this particular time. And it's won a number of uh, Concord de Concorde d'Elegance around the country. And 
I paid $800 for it originally, and I use it as an everyday car. When I bought it 50 years ago, uh, when I, I hired into Ford Motor Company. And I guess everyone, every designer wants a Ferrari, so I have my 308, you know, and that's been probably for like, you know, I've had that over 30 years now, and it's one of my favorite, as far as design goes, one of my favorite Ferraris. But this particular car, like Ford won uh, Le Mans last year with the new Ford GT, and way back when, well, this 1907 Stoddard Dayton is the exact car that won the Glidden Tour for the Hayworth uh, Trophy back in 07. Uh, it went from Cleveland to Chicago and then down to South Bend and back to um, Philadelphia. And the car's unrestored and it, it's got 35 horsepower, which is unheard of for 1907. And I've had it clocked by a Dodge Viper doing 55 miles an hour down the racetrack at Waterford. And it's a hell of a neat car. Bunch of other cars. One of the cars, a very important car that got me into design was a Studebaker Avanti. And this is a, a all original Avanti from 1954. Uh, and it's one of the very few that actually still has the round headlights. They made 58 of them with round headlights in 54, very low, low volume. Back over here in the corner is yet still another Marmon race car. And throughout the garage are all my, my original art and stuff that I've done since I retired from Ford Motor Company. Uh, I've just really had a, a great time doing artwork. So, this is, uh, I've got 20 cars here at the house and cars stored all over the place. So uh, that's my oldest car over here in the corner, which is a 1907 um, Michigan, built over in Kalamazoo, Michigan. It's a one cylinder with a French engine in it. And that particular car came out of the Hera collection in Reno, Nevada. Anyhow, that's some of my, my stuff, my hobby.